here, Lord. Thank you for all that you've done, Lord. And we will continue to do your work. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, the goodness of God. Yes, amen.
many have recognized in your life that there is literally no one like Jesus? How many have experienced him and recognized there is no one like him? Lord, we recognize your greatness today. We recognize that there is and there ever will be anyone like you. Lord, no one has the power to heal like you. No one has the power to raise the dead like you. No one has the power to change a life like you. And we recognize your greatness today. We honor you and we worship you. Lord, you are everything to us. And again, we give you worship today in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Uh, If you could be seated for a moment in this spirit of unity and worship. We're going to take some time this morning and do something that's exciting for us as a church, and we're going to recognize and receive uh, new members. So, Pastor, would you come this morning? Hallelujah. Yeah, today we're going to be welcoming 10 new members into our fellowship, and I really like to do this because this is something that has been practiced for thousands of years. Amen. It's it's, It's ancient, and it's still going on. The New Testament church began this process 2,000 years ago. Something incredible, something wonderful, indescribably exciting happened during a Pentecost celebration over 2,000 years ago. As you know, the Holy Spirit was given to a group of disciples who were praying and waiting in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. And at the end of their prayers or during those prayers, the Holy Spirit filled them with power, enabled them to speak in other languages, But something else incredible happened on that day. Along with the arrival of the Holy Spirit, we realized the birth of the church. The birth of the church. Pentecost, way back then, signifies the advent of the church of Jesus Christ. And overnight, those 120 disciples became 3,000. We read about that in the book of Acts. And today, hundreds of millions of believers worldwide, some estimates are up to one-third of the world, is evangelical. They know Christ as Savior. And so this morning, through the formality of church membership, we're going to be adding to our numbers those whose names have already been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You know, church membership doesn't get you into heaven, right? You need to know Jesus first. That's what gets you in And then you become a member of a a local assembly. Before we see these new members this morning, I want us to, um, it won't be on the screen, I want you to listen to me read from Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to start at verse 37. We're going to be reading about the birth of the church and its first members. Acts 2, 37 says, when the people heard this, they heard this message by Peter, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. 
selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day, every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And, and listen, just think about this. Nothing like that had ever happened in, in all the history of mankind. What happened on that day of Pentecost, that had never happened before, never happened in history, never at all. And yet the beauty of this is that it's still continuing today. The Pentecostal revival is still continuing around the world. And people are being added to the church daily, just as in those early days. And it's truly exciting to see what God is doing throughout the world, and in particular, even in our own local assembly. As you should know, the Church of Jesus Christ is vigorously growing all around the world. There's one new Assemblies of God church opened every day in the United States. It's been going on for a long time. One new church every day in the United States. One new Assembly of God church every two hours worldwide. Our fellowship is growing in the United States four times faster than the birth rate. Great things are happening in our day. And today we're welcoming several candidates into membership here at Praise Assembly. And I'd like them to present themselves in front of me here this morning as I call their names. And uh, we're going to do this alphabetically, so don't be shy. But Annika Allen, would you come please and line up right here in front? Ted Grabowski, Raymond and Justina Harwood, Juliana Kabuga, Joshua and Ann Malone, Mary Owens, right here is fine, guys, Hope Fate, and Marissa Vafakis. If you would all come. Everybody here? Right here, look at me, face me. And then in a little bit, we're going to have, I want them to see you. And, uh, and then, of course, they'll have a chance. You'll be, able to, you'll be able to greet them as soon as we're done here this morning. So anyways, thank you. Let's see, one, two, three, four. Hey, they're all here. I mean, we've had some where they, <laughs> sometimes something happens and they're not here. Oh, well, welcome. Thank you. Now, having met all the requirements of the Constitution and Bylaws of Praise Assembly, I'm going to ask for each of these candidates to confirm their desire for membership by responding to three very simple and basic questions. First, do you promise by the aid of the Holy Spirit to walk together in Christian love, striving for the advancement of this church in holiness, knowledge, promoting its prosperity and spirituality, sustaining its worship, doctrines, and discipline, and contributing cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry and activities of this church? If so, please say, I do. I do. Okay. Good job. Do you promise also to maintain personal devotion, to seek the salvation of the lost, to walk circumspectly in the world, avoiding the very appearance of evil? If so, say, I do. Do you promise to watch over each other in brotherly love, to remember each other in prayer, to be courteous and forgiving one to another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you? If so, say, I do. I do. Okay. Then based upon your confession this morning, we welcome you into the membership of this assembly, praise assembly, and we pray God's richest blessing on you. And I wonder if, you know, we have, we've had deacons out setting up and all, but if there are any deacons here, would you please come behind these folks? We're going to pray for you. And then and when that's finished, I'll go ahead and give you your certificate of membership. But let's pray for these. And I'd like the rest of you, if you would, stand with us and just reach out with a hand. 
many, you know, many of you are members. Some of you still are not, and that's okay. But um, yeah, just, you know, these are our new members, and please be supportive of them just as they gave this pledge this morning. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for these 10 new members at Praise Assembly. Most importantly, God, we thank you that they know you as Savior, that they are living for you. They love you, and they're believing you for life eternal. And Lord, I pray, God, you would, I pray that they would find their faith continuing to incubate here and continue to grow. Lord, that they truly would grow in grace as we live together and work together and strive together as believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I do pray your richest blessing on each one of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, praise assembly. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Give yourself a hand. Some of you in the room feel like, man, if I turned 38, I would feel so old. And the other half of you think, man, if I was 38 again, I would tear it up. <laughs> Anyways, well, happy birthday. We're, uh, we're excited to celebrate. We're going to have a blast. Um, uh, I'm sure Pastor, before he speaks, he'll kind of recap how that's going to go out there. But we're going to have a great time. If you are our guest today, if you could fill out one of these Connect cards... And at the conclusion of our worship service, bring it to our guest services table out in the lobby and hand it to them. That would be fantastic. If you would do that, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And uh, if I could have uh, our ushers come, and we're going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Let's pray together. Lord, we honor your great name today. And as we celebrate as a church, one of the things that... Um, you have really used us in over the years is being able to meet the needs uh, of bringing the gospel to the world locally and, and, and outside of our nation. God, I pray you would continue to help us to be generous. And even, even in a greater way in the years to come, bless this offering in a powerful way. We are so grateful for the honor and the privilege that is ours to give in Jesus' name.
team. Coming up on September 27th, which is a Wednesday at 7 a.m., there is something called See You at the Pole. It's a student-initiated time of prayer, and uh, that's coming up here in, in less than a couple weeks. Before we continue on with our other announcements, please check out this video on the screen. students. That's the 27th. Begin to pray now. Begin to talk to your friends now. See uh, who will come out for that day of prayer. And adults that are here, please remember them in prayer if you would. That would be uh, just a blessing to them. Hey, a bunch of things coming up. Uh, if you haven't been able, if you haven't been in our Wednesday night adult study, we are going. We are studying the Song of Songs. And Pastor even says it's the first time he's actually done a series. Uh, in his whole time here at Praise. And so uh, exciting times. It, it, it is a, it'll spark and ignite love in your life. And uh, it is a great series. And we're really having a great time there on Wednesday nights. Uh, if you haven't given your youth convention deposit students or parents of students or grandparents of students, 
Um, th that should have been done already. Please let me know. Communicate to me. Talk to me. Email me. Text me. Let me know. And then the balance is going to be due October 1st, and that's $70. Uh, a special thank you to all of you that donated book bags for the Wilmington Head Start. Thank you, uh, Joy, and, and the, the uh, students there. Thank you so much for your generosity. We had that card out there for a few weeks, and you were so good to do that. We have our family fun night coming up. It's the fifth Friday of the month. And from 6 to 9 p.m., there's going to be out in the parking lot, there's going to be pickleball, cornhole, nine square, bonfire food. It's just a, a Friday night. You can come bring your family, bring yourself. If you, if, you're, if you don't want to do anything, you sit around a fire, sit in a chair, this is your night. If you want to do something and be active, great. If you just want to eat a hot dog, this is your night. And we're going to have a great time as a church, all ages, family, young and old, come on out. And again, that'll be Friday night, the 29th. You can stay as long or as short as you want to, but that's coming up again on the 29th. And the ladies, morning out at 11 a.m., they're going to be uh, beating the lunch rush at Bertucci's, and that's going to be happening um, here very soon on October the 21st. Now, not only is today our 38th anniversary as a church, but we also want to recognize a, a very significant milestone in the life of our church and that's it. We have had our pastor and his wife, Kathy, and their family here for 25 years. I have, yes. I have been hunting for the statistic. I'm, I'm not, I've been vigorously searching for the statistic, but I know it's very small, the amount of churches that are blessed to have that type of longevity and leadership. And uh, we're going to celebrate and recognize him and Kathy in just a moment. And in just a moment, Michael Gashore is going to come up. But we have a video we want to show you. And then Michael's going to come up. The microphone's here directly after. God bless you. Hi, Pastor and Kathy Petrucci. I just wanted to thank you both so very much for your faithful time in ministries, sharing the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ to so many hearts and lives, and planting seeds of goodness, of truth, and love straight from God's word. Thank you. Love you. Hey, Pastor Petrucci and Kathy. I just want to say happy 25th anniversary. Uh, you have been an example. First Timothy 4.12 says, be an example in your speech, your love, your faith, your conduct. And both of you had been that to so many of us. Thanks again. Hi, Pastor and Kathy. Congratulations on 25 years. Wow, what a milestone. Can't believe it's been that long. But um, thank you for all you do and all you've done for so many. And um, the best is yet to come. Love you guys. Congratulations, Pastor, on your anniversary and for all you do. Mr. and Mrs. Petrucci, I wish I congratulate you on your 25 years of past preaching at the church. And I wish you well into the future. Keep your preaching days going. And I want you to know you're a great pastor. Bless you with all your heart. Bye-bye. Hello, Pastor Petrucci and your wife. How are you guys doing? Congratulations on 25 years. Hope you do well in the future. You've been the best pastor ever. Praise the assembly. Your wife has been doing good, too. Just, just please I hope you have a great future. And, and just congratulations on 25 years. Just wanted to say thank you, Pastor Petrucci, for your dedication to the ministry and also for your 25 years of service to Praise Assembly. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Pastor. Happy anniversary, Pastor. Hey, Pastor and Kathy, thank you so much for your hard work and dedicated service to Praise Assembly and around the world. 
You guys are doing a great job. God bless you. We love you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. Maybe 25 more years. Congratulations, Pastor. And Kathy. For 25 years of service to our church. Abby, visit Abba Oshri. Pastor. Pastor. Jersey. And Kathy. Love you. Pastor and Kathy, we want to say congratulations on 25 years of praise. It's quite a feat, uh, and we appreciate you very much. You don't hear of it very often of pastors lasting that long. So we want to say that's a job well done. We love you. Congratulations again. Hey, Pastor Petrucci, thank you so much for being a faithful minister of the word. Thanks for creating a great family church. Thanks for prioritizing children's ministries, and thanks for being so faithful. Thank, Thank you. you! Hi, Pastor P and Ms. Kathy. Thank you so much for your dedication towards our young adults group. Pastor, you are the oldest young adult we know. Your sermons are awesome, but your coffee stinks. Happy 25 years! We, we love, love you, Pastor! pastor. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love you guys! <laughs> Um, Pastor, congratulations. 25 years is not easy. It's not, um, it's a short part. Just by a quick show of hands, how many of us are 25 years and younger? <laughs> Just lift the hands pretty high. Pastor, look around. You've been here older. Probably you've seen them born, right? To an age where they're actually getting married. Um, you are marrying them. So we, we are just so happy we cannot um, even have anything to say. Um, for us as a church, we are grateful, not only for the 25 years that you've served here, but also next, towards the end of the month, it's going to be 45 years since you and Kathy have been married, right? And if I might, that's, I'm not going to date myself, but <laughs> yeah, that's how long it is, right? And so for, for that, again, it's, it's, it's just, we are just so, so grateful for the example that you've set for us. And so we have something small just to appreciate you. Just, it's, it's, it cannot even go to show how much we feel about you. Uh, for us, you've been a mentor, you've been a friend, you've been a, a father, a grandfather, right? A teacher, so many things to so many people. All we can just say is thank you. So on behalf of the board, um, we have a presentation for you, and I'm just going to read it out, just if you can join me, Pastor. We have a plaque for you, and I'm just going to read it before I present it to you. It says, 25th anniversary, 25th anniversary of service presented to Michael Patrucci in recognitions of service marked by faithfulness, integrity, diligence, and love. We honor you today, September 17th, 2023, on your 25th year of service to the body of Praise Assembly Newark. Then the Bible verse comes from Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to, break, to, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And that is our prayer for you, Pastor. And we love you so, so much. So congratulations. And Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Amen.
<laughs> so, so that's for you also. Okay. And um, so I'm going to have you place that down over here. Yep. So I just want you to open that. Oh. Yep. Just something small for you also that we got. Oh my. It's not embarrassing. It's not, it's not embarrassing. It's just something small. Just we like every time you wear that, just remember the church appreciates you so so yeah, much. That's right? really cool. It's real cool, right? Yeah, if it, if it wasn't quarter, I'd wear it this afternoon, but <laughs> it's still sunny and warm out. So yeah. thank you so yeah. much. And we know that you couldn't have done this by yourself. So Kathy, Amen. if you don't mind, please join me. Amen. You know, this is really uncomfortable. <laughs> no, no, I don't have to. <laughs> for both of us. So. Thank you so much for standing next to this great man. We love you. We honor you. We thank you for the dedication that you've had to stand by his side through the good times and the bad times. <laughs> oh, hey, well, okay. Hey, <laughs> oh, he wants another kiss. Ready? Right. Another kiss. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I didn't kill him today, so I didn't kiss him. Okay, before we get any further, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And this is also for you. Oh, thank you. And we also have something small for you. You can open that later, okay? Thank you. So, but before you leave, um, I'd just like to invite the board, um, the members of the board that are here, to just join me. Pastor Hans and Pastor Brandon, please also. We'd just like to pray for them. And just thank them for the service that they have served and done for us. For many people, for some who are here, for some who are not here, we'd just like to say thank you so much for what you've done. So, Steve, if you don't mind. So, if you don't mind, just stretch your hands and just say a prayer for them also, even as we pray for them. Let's join in prayer. Lord God, we thank you. And thank you for giving us a pastor that has been faithful to the Word of God to exalt you, to make sure that you are the center of this ministry, the center of each of the groups that meet. And Lord, we ask that you would give him continued wisdom, anointing, energy to lead this body, continue to bless him and encourage him and strengthen him as he continues to serve you. And we give you the thanks and the praise for all you've done in his life and in Kathy's life. We ask that you continue to bless them as a couple, too. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want that mic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, please. I need to get. Oh, they also said I had the day off from preaching, so no, I, I've got to get my notes. But oh, got a lot of announcements to make. But I, you know, I want to say first of all, you really don't do this. Forty-five years of marriage and almost forty-five years of ministry, total. And I'm so grateful that God gave me the perfect helpmate to get here. And, and to this point, also wanted to say, especially to our young adults, I was a young adult when I came here. I just turned 50 this past spring. <laughs> no. 
I didn't lie from the pulpit. <laughs> but uh, I also want to say thank you for, and, and I'll share this in, in my message that I opened in a moment, uh, but thank you for your faithfulness. And I am so, just so appreciative of having a truly wonderful board. And as you know, if you're a member here, praise. Every couple of years, two people, two deacons step off, two more added. There's a change of leadership, but throughout all these years, really a very helpful and effective board. And I appreciate our deacons. Uh, and thank you, too, for, you know, honoring us this morning. Uh, again, I did have a little clue this week that something was coming up. Um, but um, it, it does make us a little bit uncomfortable. But it is, I know it's the right thing to do. You should honor where honors due, and I appreciate that. Thank you so much, really. Um, all right. I could thank you all day. But a couple announcements real quick. If you didn't get one of the books last week by Greg and Sandra Mundus, we do still have some left. I really want you to have it. It's a great reading. It brings up a very sad period of time in America, the pandemic. But these two, what God did in his life is a tremendous testimony. So if you did not get one, go to our information desk at the end of service and get your free copy. I'd really like you to have one of those. Also concerning today, we have a lot of announcements. A lot of events are happening. Um, as you noticed, and boy, I was so encouraged this morning. Uh, the weather was, you know, wasn't weather great yesterday, Friday and Saturday, which is gorgeous. Sunday was supposed to be the same about a week ago. And then yesterday it changed. They said it'd be sunny until I was done preaching. And then it'd be cloudy, which would give us some cover from the sun, it'd be a little cooler. And then they said rain showers around two o'clock. And so this morning I woke up about 3.30, I looked at the weather and it said showers at two o'clock. And then I got here and Dwight told me, no, they changed it. No showers till five o'clock. Isn't that great? So be sure you're out of here by five. Uh, isn't that great though? I mean, God has been so faithful. Can you imagine 38 years of perfect weather? That, that's, that's just glory to God. Just praise him for that. That is wonderful. Now, uh, hopefully when you came in today, besides the Sunday bulletin, you received a schedule of our special events. Okay, we're saying that we're going to start at 1215. We're going to start as soon as there's enough good side dishes hamburgers and hot dogs will be ready but as soon as you bring a few good items I only need a couple sides myself so uh, if you're running home to get stuff run back as quick as you can Calvary Indian Christian Church is also going to join us and I saw them bring in a big thermos cooler thingy with hot food in it I believe last report was chicken biryani so don't touch that that's for me okay <laughs> Now, you, I know they made a lot. So, uh, And then 1 o'clock is inflatables and games. Uh, 1 o'clock as well, face painting begins. We've got an hour and a half of face painting. 1.30 to 3.30 is Mr. Softy Ice Cream Truck. Yeah, amen. And then pony rides from 2 to 3. Now, besides that, uh, again, Dwight gave me a list of all the things you can do out there. I, I want to let them be known now because we get outside, you're not going to pay attention. You're going to be munching down to something, talking to somebody. But I want you to know that besides these big events, there's basketball, bocce ball, cornhole, cornhole competition. Okay, I'm just reading these alphabetically or, or chronologically. Desserts, drinks, face painting, fishing, flag football, gaga ball, Game tent with uh, jumbo checkers, jumbo connect, and jumbo everything. Hay ride, horseshoes, ice cream truck, inflatables, can jam, ladder ball, pickleball, 
the playground itself, pony rides, tetherball, and volleyball. So you should not be bored. And there is a lot. There's a good amount of shade over there. A couple things you do need to know. These are very, very important. First off, to the joy group. And actually to everybody but the joy group, really. Everybody but the joy group. Two things. Number one, we have a designated seating area on the asphalt for joy group. You don't have to walk over. You don't have to worry about it. You can take a wheelchair right in there. Whatever you need to do. It's right there, and it's a nice, nice shaded area for you. That is designated for you. Okay, so look out for that. Secondly, joy group goes through the line first. Now, joy group means just older youth. And technically, they snuck me in at 55. <laughs> but we'll say it's 55 and older. Now, that doesn't mean that you bring your great niece behind you. That's you, okay? Because you tend to make the really good food, and we want you to be able to get the best food, the sides. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, you know, generations younger than me, it's, it is. It's just Royal Farms chicken, you know, and some, some Walmart potato salad. Um, but, but let them go through the line first, okay? They're going to start first. We'll announce when that's all ready to go. The other thing is we do have a fishing area by the pond. We'd like adults to be with the kids. We don't want anybody going into the pond. Um, second to that, we've cleared an area where you are to fish. It's a designated fishing area. Don't go around the other sides of the pond. And this is critical because Pastor Hans and I have been working our best to kill some ground wasps. Okay. He got stung once. I got hit twice. And boy, I'll tell you, you're sore for days wherever they get you. We don't want the children over there. Someone could be allergic to them. We have caution tape on that far side, just blocking that one. Just stay away from that. Just stay away from them. Please stay away from them. Or the pastoral police will get you. Okay, that's your job, Pastor Hans. Just, man. I'll tell you, really, you know, honeybees are so sweet. They really are, aren't they? They're just so gentle and so sweet. And those ground wasps, they're demonic. They really are. They're ruthless. So, anyways, happy anniversary. Today, we're celebrating, as you know, our 38th anniversary as a local church. Praise Assembly began in the fall of 1985. And so much has happened in that time. Our founding pastor, Paul Walters, procured the 11 acres that we're going to enjoy today, built this main structure, later on added our ranger cabin. Additional spaces was added, was, was added um, 17 years ago, which has been a real blessing for Wednesday night Bible study and other programs, the cafe. Many of you enjoy that every Sunday morning. Um, we've consistently been ranked in the top 100 missions-giving churches in the U.S. Assemblies of God. As of the end of last year, we've given almost eight. This is the end of last year, not including this year. We're going to cross over the $8 million mark in total giving to world missions. That's incredible. We have built numerous churches around the world, somewhere in the range of 30 to 40 churches around the world, church buildings. We've also built a number of Bible college buildings in countries such as Bangladesh, Nepal, Tanzania, Uzbekistan, Myanmar, and there are some other countries that I can't mention because this is being recorded and will be on the internet. Our youth have been ranked number one in Speed the Light giving for most of our years in existence. We've helped to revitalize the church in Middletown, Real Life Community Church, way back when, when Pastor Hans was a younger guy too. We supported the revitalization of that church almost 20 years ago. And it's been a success. And then we also, we revived another church in Massachusetts that I started many, many years ago using the same model as we did here in Delaware. We, and you know what? Besides that, 
all the stuff that we do outside this building, we have always had, always had top quality discipleship programs and ministries right here at Praise. Amen? Rangers, girls' ministries, top-notch nursery care for our youngest, and also excellent ministry to every age on Sunday morning through our life groups. And if you, if, you don't, if you don't take advantage of these, you're really missing out. I, if I can brag about this church, it is the, the, hand, the, the face-to-face, everyday ministry that's provided here. And you really need to sample it if you haven't. You need to get out Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings, and, and, and just sample it. I mean, you'll get hooked. And then finally, and I don't know if I was trying to be clever when I stuck this in my notes, but it is something, it is something to be glad for. We survived the pandemic with no casualties. Amen. Not one member of Praise Assembly died during COVID, from COVID. And I share that with you because I have ministry friends. I mean, I have, I have just a couple of them in particular. One in, in Pennsylvania who, I mean, they had probably a dozen people die of COVID. That was just heartbreaking. And I could not identify because we stayed safe. And again, I thank you for that. And I thank God. You know, really, none of, it, none of it is for our own bragging. Really, all the glory is God's. He's watched over us. But, this is, but, but what I've shared with you of what we've done over the last 25 years that I've been here, 38 years of, of our total existence, it's an indicator of human faithfulness. Glory to God, but an indicator of human faithfulness. It's indicative of the faithfulness of the members of this church over all these years. Your faithfulness. And I am, I am, I am just so thankful to God for this body of believers. You can't do it alone. I could not do it alone. I could not do this without my wife and I could not do it without you. It's all of us working together. And so this morning, I want to share with you something that Jesus said. We're still going to carry on with this series. It's something that Jesus said that I think is very pertinent to our celebration today. And so I want us to begin by looking at Matthew's gospel, the 16th chapter. Matthew chapter 16. We're going to read verses 13 through 19. This fits today so well. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked Peter. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, so that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this very special day, a number of anniversaries, but Lord, I thank you most of all for your presence here, and I thank you for your word, and that your Holy Spirit will make an indelible mark in our hearts based on the word that we hear today. We may not remember every word, but we're going to remember what you said, Jesus. We're going to remember what you said. And we're going to practice it. And we ask for the help of your Holy Spirit in all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I know that some of you have taken trips to the Holy Land. How many have ever been to the Holy Land? Israel, good number. It's not bad. 
But I don't know how many of you visited Caesarea Philippi. And here's a photo, if we can put that up there. This is a location where Jesus said what we just read. See a little cave over there and some water in front of it. This is the backdrop of where Jesus spoke this to his disciples. As we just read, Jesus asked Peter at this place, and we can keep that photo up for a while. He said, who do people say that I am? And then he asked Peter, who do you say that I am? Who do you believe that I am? And Peter responded correctly, didn't he? He said, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. You're the son of God. And then Jesus, probably, I wonder if more for our benefit than Peter's, tells us how it is that Peter could have possibly known this truth. He makes it very clear to him. This is a spiritual awareness, Peter. It's not a human. It's not a carnal. It's not a fleshly understanding. But God the Father has made this clear to you. This is a special revelation from God concerning who I am. That's what Jesus said to him. And as Peter had revealed here, public opinion was all over the place. The people in that first century thought that Jesus might really be John the Baptist. Maybe he's Elijah back from the, you know, maybe he's Jeremiah back from the dead or one of the prophets. And truthfully, you know what? After all this time, nothing has really changed. People are the same. Even people today, everyone has an opinion about who Jesus is. And as human nature would have it, people obviously have an image of Jesus just the way they want it. Think about this for a minute. The average person you know, maybe an unsaved family member, maybe a neighbor, maybe someone you work with, they all have an image of Jesus, one that they like. Not the true image, but one that they like, one that they prefer. They have an image of Jesus that they're comfortable with. Most times it's a Jesus who won't demand anything of them. A Jesus who won't disrupt or disturb their life or their lifestyle. A Jesus who's passive and non-confrontational. You know, it's so easy for us humans to forget that we are the ones who are made in God's image. Amen? It's not the other way around. We have no right to try to make God in our image. But it happens. It happens especially among the unsaved and sometimes among Christians. And I'm so glad for the bold proclamation that Peter made as recorded in this passage. He said, you are the Messiah. I mean, this could not be more definitive. You are the Messiah. Jesus, you are the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. You're the Messiah. You're the Savior. Well, back to Caesarea Philippi. Back to this photo. Again, you can see this, this really is a rather bucolic image. I wish I had a, something a little better resolution, but it's pretty good. There's some greenery, there's some water, there's a cave, there's a grotto. It's a very peaceful looking scene. I've been there. It seems very peaceful. But what you may not know that this was actually, originally it was a spot dedicated to the Greek god Pan. And the nearby city was called Paneus in his honor. This area in this nearby city began basically as a place for pagan worship. In Old Testament times, it was a place for Baal worship. Satan worship. Eventually, though, when the Romans conquered this place, Herod, Herod Philip built, rebuilt the city and named it after himself. That's why it's called Caesarea Philippi. And yet, even though he renamed it and it was under Roman rule, it still continued to be a place of focus on the worship of false gods. And it was in this very location 
that Jesus chose to deliver a very important message to his disciples at Caesarea Philippi. In this pagan setting, he encouraged his disciples to build a church that would overcome the worst evils. This cave to the pagan mind at Caesarea Philippi, it created a gate to the underworld. The pagans believed that this was where every spring the pagan fertility gods would come out of that cave. And the people would right there in their presence as they believed they would perform detestable sexual acts of worship of those false gods. Again, to the pagan mind, this cave, this spring water at Caesarea Philippi created a gate to the underworld. They believed that their city was literally at the gates of hell. And in order to entice the return of the god Pan and Baal as well and Ashtra, the people of Caesarea Philippi would engage in horrible deeds of sexual perversion. So when Jesus brought his disciples here, I just want you to really understand the setting. He brought his disciples to that area. They must have been a little shocked. Like, Jesus, why are you bringing us here to the gates of hell? I mean, Caesarea Philippi in that day was like a red light district in their world. And devout Jews would never have gone near that place. It really was a city of people eagerly knocking on the doors of hell. You talk about an object lesson. You know, Jesus could have, he could have made that pronouncement anywhere. He could have told his disciples about the gates of hell. He wasn't going to, he went further. He was going to take his disciples right there to the gates of hell and then give them that pronouncement. He brings them right to this place. Everybody knew that that's where the, where the false gods live. And Jesus said there, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will never prevail against it. Now, folks, the church through the millennia has been through some challenging times. Church history. I mean, it's, I, I know it very well. That was my major. Times of great persecution. Always opposition, even in our world today. Oppression and persecution. Spiritual darkness. And you know, along with the external pressures... There's also been times of internal conflict. You see it in the epistles, in the New Testament. It, it, it began almost as soon as the church was born. And it's continued through the millennia. Large-scale apostasy. The church has sometimes become distracted from its mission, as I believe it has here in America. And to be honest, there are days when I really worry about the church. If, if you were to talk to Pastor Hans or Pastor Brand, you, every day I come in to the office and immediately... They can tell, I'm worried about the church. I'm worried about the future of the church, specifically in America, in the United States. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm really, I'm really, where is the church heading? And in fact, this week, Pastor Hans and I went to visit another local pastor, and that was his concern. He said, where's the church going to be in 50 years? I said, 50 years, 10 years. Don't push it off so far. There's a lot of bizarre things happening in the church in our, in our nation. And, and, a, and a lot of church people have become very lackadaisical about being committed to the local church. And I do. I wonder about the future of the church. It, it just, it's, some, it's always on my mind. It's always on my heart. But then when I look at this verse, this verse alone pulls me back each time. Pulls me back. And I get recalibrated and it, and it dispels all my concerns. The minute I read this passage out of Matthew, I, don't, I stop worrying. 
Because you see, this is God's word. This isn't me looking at trends. This is God's word. Jesus said that he will build his church. He will build his church. Not us pastors. Not any one of the five-fold ministries that Paul lists in Ephesians chapter, chapter 6. We don't build. We do our part. That's why we're here. But as the apostle Paul told the Corinthians, one man plants, one man waters, but God is the one who gives the increase. God's the one that touches the human heart. 38 years ago, Pastor Paul Walters planted this church. He got it rooted. It began in rented facilities, moved a couple times. Eventually, land was purchased. This building was constructed. And this, is now, this building has now been our home for 33 years. And then I had the, I had the honor to come 25 years ago and, and, and water and to help us grow. But, but all the increase has been from God. And we need to remember that truth. We're to work. Every one of us, not just pastors. We're to work. We're supposed to plant. We're to water and to cultivate. We're not to sit and do nothing. But every advance is still what God does. It's what God does. And what we need to do in that process is to stay true to our mission. And this mission is contained in this passage this morning. Verse 19. Look at it again. Matthew 16, 19. I will give you, Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And you know, I've seen that single verse used in so many different ways over the years. Usually, it gets connected to teachings about spiritual power, spiritual authority, usually in taking authority over spiritual entities, you know, binding demons, loosing blessings. You've heard those sermons. And obviously, that's, you know, it's, it's, that's not the context of what, that's not what it's talking about. It's fun to preach, but it's really not the meaning of this verse. And as I said just a moment ago, the verse is about our mission. Binding and loosing is our mission. We are to bind. You and I, we are to loose. And here's how. And I just, I just need to, to, I need, I need to just back up a little bit. Part of Jesus' address to Peter almost looks like he's saying to Peter that he's going to build the church upon Peter the rock. And the Roman Catholic Church likes that verse. It backs up their theology and their church polity concerning the papacy. But the truth is that Peter is the rock upon the rock. But he's not the rock. Peter is the rock upon the rock. He's not the foundation stone. He's not the rock. Jesus is the rock. Amen. And Peter is the rock placed upon that rock. And pe people sometimes get confused over that little verse. But thank God that Peter himself understood what Jesus was saying. And he clarified it. And we see this in something that Peter himself wrote. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 through 8. Look at this. As you come to him, Jesus Christ, the living stone, <clears throat> rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to become a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him, Jesus, will never be put to shame. 1 Peter 2, 7, now to him who, who believe, to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. 
And finally, verse 8, a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. See here again that Peter makes it clear that he is not the foundation of the church. Jesus is. Jesus is the cornerstone for some. He's the capstone for others. And then each one of us, like Peter, are living stones being built into the church. We're all part of God's holy priesthood. And we hold the keys to the kingdom. Meaning that we have the power to bind and to loose. Holding the keys to the kingdom. Binding and loosing. That's a, I want you to know it's a heavy responsibility. And I want you to know what it means. Because again, this is our mission. Jesus has given to the church. And that means every one of us. He has given to every member of the church the power to unlock the kingdom. Heaven. For people who have previously been locked out. Remember now, no man comes to the Father but through me, Jesus said. No man comes to the Father but through me, Jesus said. He also said, wide is the path to destruction and many find it, but narrow is the road to salvation. And so the kingdom is only open to those who believe in their hearts and confess with their lips that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is Lord. That's Romans 10, 9. And this is where we come in. This is how we fulfill this mandate, this mission. When we share the gospel with someone and they accept Christ for, as, as Savior, we essentially have opened the door to heaven and they are now loosed from the bondage of this world and from the bondage of sin. When we share the gospel and they accept that truth, we have set them free. We've loosed them. And just as this verse says, whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. If this were about a, a, a spiritual authority over Satan, and we have spiritual authority over Satan and his emissaries, no doubt about it, but that's not the verse. If we were talking spiritual authority over the enemy, it would have read something like, whatever is loosed in heaven is loosed on earth. But no, it says whatever is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. So when we share the gospel with somebody, we, 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 we undo the, we, we open the lock, we take the chains off, and they're no longer bound to this world. They're no longer bound to the law of sin and death. And they get to go to heaven. You understand binding and loosing. But if we don't share the gospel with others, we essentially are locking them out of heaven. We're keeping them out of the kingdom of heaven. And they're bound in their sin. And so whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. If we leave a person bound here to sin and this world, they're bound. They, they're not going to get to heaven. They're bound. They're chained. They're anchored to this earth. You see how that works? I really, I really hope you can grasp this concept. It's really that simple. You've never heard this preached before because I've never preached it this way before. This is the binding and loosing that Jesus spoke about. Binding in captivity or loosing into spiritual freedom. I want you to think about the gravity of this. Of this. It's an incredible responsibility that we have. If we don't open our mouths, we also don't open the gates of heaven for the lost. Because as Jesus said here, you hold the keys. Romans chapter 10, same issue, presents it in the form of a question. Listen to this, Romans 10, 14. How then can they, meaning the lost, the bound, how can the bound call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone telling them? 
preaching to them. How can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And as you can see, I didn't, I didn't read what you're reading. Okay, I filled in the blank, a little bit of emphasis. The only way that the bound can be loose, the only way that the lost can be saved is by us telling them about the good news. Whatever we bind on earth, if we don't tell somebody, they can't be saved. Somebody's got to tell them. That's our job. That's our mission. God is going to build his church. Our only portion in all of that, we don't give the increase, our only portion is binding and loosing, or really loosing, telling people about Jesus, what he's done for us, what we read about in his word, inviting them to church, inviting them even to a church anniversary picnic. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed forever in heaven. Hallelujah. Well, let me close. Considering our passage today, I want you to feel blessed to be part of the, of the church, the church. And God is building his church. He's building his church. I want you to feel blessed to be part of this church because praise is a wonderful place to call home. This is a, just a wonderful spiritual home. And I want you to acknowledge the power and responsibility that you have as part of God's church. If you know Christ is your Savior, you're born again. You have received the keys of the kingdom. And you have the power to bring people into freedom. To add stones, living stones to God's holy temple. To make it possible for people to live in heaven forever. That's an incredible privilege but it's an even greater responsibility. And it's God's will. It's God's will. Whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. We're going to close in prayer in just a moment. But I pray that you and I will become much more active in the days, weeks, and months to come of loosing people, of introducing them to Jesus. Because the church, we need, we need his Holy Spirit, to empower us and lead us and guide us. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day, just this gorgeous day you've given to us today. Lord, you have truly given us favor. Lord, you've called us to be your own. Lord, that the majority of us, if not all of us today, we've been loosed and we're, we've been loosed from this earth and we're going to live with you forever. And we thank you for that, God, that someone at some point introduced us to Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, the Jesus that Peter knew 2,000 plus years ago. Someone introduced us to you, Lord Jesus. And as we're praying right now, and Christians are praying, and heads are bowed, and eyes are closed, I, I want to ask you, just in case, maybe someone here today, you don't know Jesus as Savior. The Bible says all you have to do is believe in your heart, and confess through your lips that Jesus Christ is Lord and you will be saved. That means loosed from all the sin and all the bondage to this earth. Your sins will be forgiven. Your past will be forgiven by him. And you'll be ready for heaven. You will be, you'll have a place in heaven someday. 
So again, is there, is there anyone here this morning, no one looking around except me, but is there someone here this morning to say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as my Savior, but I'm willing today to invite him in. And, and may, really, hopefully you feel the Holy Spirit telling you, you need to open the door of your heart and let him come into your life. He'll change your life. He'll forgive you of all your past. And things will be new. They'll be different. You'll have a different perspective. And you'll know that you have eternal life. Is there anyone here at all to say, Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus in my heart. If you just raise your hand where you're seated. That's all I have to do. Just raise your hand where you're seated so I can acknowledge it. And we can talk later. We can talk at the picnic. We can... But is there anyone here at all to say, I, I need Jesus in my heart. I need him in my life. I do not know him as Savior, but I want him to become my Savior. Just raise your hand quickly. Just another minute. Let's pray together. Lord God, I just thank you, Lord. Now, just in case there wasn't, if there wasn't a hand this morning, I pray that you continue to deal with anyone who's here this morning and doesn't know you, that you deal with them. Your Holy Spirit is like a hound from heaven and you'll pursue them. But Lord, I pray God again that opportunities would arise during our week where we would we'd have just a clear, just a clear signal from you that we need to, we need to share freedom with that other person. Lord, how I pray that you'd use us, that we'd be obedient to your purpose and mission in our lives, that you've given us the keys to the kingdom, and we have the power of binding and loosing. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.